Hey, this is Ryan Levesque. Hi, my name is Pep Lyon. Hi, this is Laura Betterly, and you're listening to Traffic Jam. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back. This is episode 54 of Traffic Jam. I'm your host, James Reynolds, and you're tuned in to the podcast show that teaches you how to get more traffic to your website and market your business better online. Now, talking of marketing, I want to acknowledge Jay Bear, who's just launched a new website called marketingpodcast.com, which is the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Now, I know if you're listening into this show, then no doubt you practice marketing and you enjoy podcasts. So I'm pretty sure you're going to find value in this new site, just as I expect to do. So please go check it out and support this great initiative from our friend of the show, Jay Bear. It's www.marketingpodcast.com. Now, of course, you'll find Traffic Jam listed there, but you'll also find a bunch of other great shows too. So please do check it out. So on to today's show, the first thing I need you to do is go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 54 because I put together a set of cliff notes for this show, which you can refer to when listening along to this episode. You'll also find a full transcript as well as exclusive episode artwork. So go ahead, visit trafficjamcast.com forward slash 54. That's the number 54. Then listen on to the show. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So we're joined today by Laura Betterly, who's a very well-rounded traffic specialist. She's got an agency that does paid and organic search, social media, display advertising and social advertising. So she knows her stuff in many areas. Laura's released several courses teaching local business marketing as well as training aimed at and produced with information product marketers. She's been featured on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, as well as CNN and NPR. And she recently did a show with Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank fame. Whatever your online business model, I'm sure you're going to find real value in this interview. So let's get started. Here's Laura Betterly, and this is Traffic Jam, episode 54. Welcome back, listener. This is Traffic Jam episode 54. And joining me here today is Laura Betterly. Laura, how are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for having me on. It's an honor. Well, it's my real pleasure. And I think when it comes to traffic generation, you're pretty versatile. So I'm excited to see just which direction this interview will go in. But I think to kind of kick things off, let's start at the peak. Imagine you had a kind of a traffic genie in front of you right now and you could just ask for one single traffic source. What would it be? It would be Facebook, hands down. And I have been involved in traffic, you know, from the beginning of the Internet, which makes me a dinosaur in inter- Internet years. But nonetheless, right now, 
the the biggest exploits and exploits meaning where I can get the largest patches of traffic at the most affordable prices is Facebook hands down. And is that what does it for you in terms of why Facebook is so appealing? The fact that just there's so much available traffic at such a low cost? Well, it's more than that because I can find my exact target market very, very easily. There's things like audience insights where I can look at competitors' pages and look at things that people who like one thing, other things that they have in common. Um, Facebook is partnered with big data, and that means in a lot of cases that there is personal information that is available for individuals, for marketers, that the government couldn't even uh, go ahead and get legally. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, if you really want to get it down, I mean, on a personal level, it's like, well, yeah, there is no such thing as privacy. At the same time, I kind of like the fact that even for me, the ads that I get served to me on Facebook are exactly what I'm interested in. You know, unfortunately, I buy way too many shoes nowadays. (laughs) <laughs> I saw a video you'd done the other day, actually, where you were you were slagging off Zappos because their own uh, sort of targeting on Facebook, their, their retargeting on Facebook had led you to find a pair of shoes that you wanted, but you couldn't actually find. So I guess that's one way that you shouldn't do it if you were trying to do audience targeting. Yes, exactly. But retargeting, which is another uh, broad subject when it comes to this, is a wonderful thing because it used to be somebody could come to your web page and if you didn't answer their question right away, the only thing that would happen is they would hit the X at the top of the screen and they were gone. With retargeting, you can follow them around and you can offer them something else. I mean, if they said no to that page, they might say yes to something else or you could add more value because part of any marketing campaign, especially on Facebook, has a lot to do with building credibility and building your audience so that they understand who you are, you build your personality so they trust you. So sometimes they're not going to buy on the first click. The first click should be something that's of value, that puts you front of mind, that goes ahead and allows that individual to start to say, oh, this is someone who really understands what I need and want, and build value and build value and to the point where they go, well, this is the information that I'm getting from these guys for free. Well, then, of course, when I buy something, it's going to be of huge, massive value. Yeah. Well, let's get started with with Facebook and and talk about really how we can get going with it. It's an easy platform to get started with. But I guess like any paid traffic source in the wrong hands, if you do things incorrectly, you can also burn through a lot of money as well. What should our listener look out for you know, in terms of pitfalls and how can they be avoided? Well, the first thing is, is that you never test with a large budget, you know, test with $50 or less. And you, you're going to have you're going to see a couple of things. First of all, you got to be a statistics junkie. You have to look at what's actually going on. So the first thing and, and this is email as well as. Facebook and whatnot. The point of an ad is to get the click. That's the only point of the ad. The point of a subject line in an email is to get somebody to open on it. So when you get somebody to click to your thank you to your excuse me to your landing page or wherever you're sending them, the thing that that's supposed to do is to elicit some sort of response, and it could be a share or a like or an opt-in for some free content. Um, there's um, some guys that are doing quite well with what we call like the, the reverse engage squeeze, I call it, which is where they send people to just really great content and then retarget them for the opt-in after the fact. And for social, that makes a lot of sense. But you got to remember, you got to look at 
first of all, is your ad getting clicked on? If it's getting clicked on, good. That's the first part of the equation is done. But if you're getting clicks and you're not getting the reaction that you want out of that, then you've got to go in and you've got to say, well, why am I not getting engagement or why am I not getting the uh, opt-in and whatnot? And look at competitors. There's a great tool called follow.net that is absolutely and completely free. There's a paid version, but I'll tell you, I love it because you can go to a competitor's page and it gives you all sorts of traffic information. If they have affiliate offers, what do their landing pages look like? What keywords are they ranking on? What, you know, as far as contextual ads, what do they look like? What kind of images are they using in banners? And, you know, you've got to start with, and most people just say, oh, I'm going to throw some stuff at a page and see what happens. And I, I always say that's the wrong way to go. The first thing you need to do is know your market. Know mm-hmm. what is engaging people in your market. What are your competitors doing? Got to tell you, if a competitor has a landing page that's been up for a year and a half, and they're still sending traffic to it, chances are it's a good page. Now, I'm not saying to rip off the page. I'm saying look at the elements of that and look at other ones that are successful and look at what they have in common and make sure that your page has that. You know how many local pages I look at that don't have a phone number in the header? Hello, you want Uh, people to call? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a classic, right? Yeah, I mean, the amount of people that send people to a web page and then almost, you know, shun them away without giving them any possibility to do any business with them is just, it's quite amazing. It just baffles yeah, me yeah. sometimes. Yeah, it's called unmarketing. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and they want to know why they're going broke. I mean, the truth of the matter is if they are good at what they do, then people need to find them. But you need to also let them know that you are to be trusted and that you can solve their, you know, whatever problem that is. And, um, you know, and it depends on what kind of business it is. I mean, not everybody's just an online business. A lot of people have physical locations or actually talk to humans, mm. believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is a great point, And it's perhaps one that, you know, many people shun over. The whole research phase of a campaign really lays the foundations for success. Um, you've mentioned a great tool, but dive deeper into your process, Laura. What sort of steps do you go through to kind of evaluate a campaign and a market before you get launched with a campaign itself? Well, I first of all, of course, I use follow.net. And then I also sometimes will take it a little deeper with some other keyword tools. Um, there's a couple of social tools that are not great at looking at social ads, but, you know, nonetheless, that's what exists for right now. But the other great tool, or actually two tools, one is Facebook graph search. And you go to just the Facebook bar and say, uh, you know, pages liked by people who like and insert whatever that is. And you start to look at those competitor pages and those other pages. And then you can go to audience insights and get all that big data uh, information Like if you take a look at somebody like Tony Robbins or Brendan Bouchard, who are very, very big in social media, you'll start to see a pattern of things that people also like. They like Success Magazine. You know, they like Sandy Karowski. They like that. And, and it's very funny. You start to see these patterns um, of what else, because part of it is, too, is you could have a great ad and a great landing page. And if you send it to the wrong target market, you'll think that you don't have a winning combination but when you send it to the right target it it like goes on fire you know it's like can i get more traffic can i do more can i spend more i mean look if you spent a dollar on ads and you knew every time you spent a dollar you made two dollars back you would try to spend as much money as possible 
Um, you know, and that that's really where we try to take our clients to is to that point where they, you know, where they have to turn down the ad spend because they're so darn busy that they can't keep up with all the new business. Mm, yeah, exactly. Well, it's that slot machine scenario we make uh, analogies to so often, right? I mean, if you can put a dollar in and get a two dollar return out, well, you're going to stuff that slot machine with as much cash as you can get your hands on. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But, you know, everybody thinks that, there, you know, every, there's, you know, overnight success and, you know, one shot, this, that and the other. And sometimes you get it right first time around. But normally that's not that's the exception, not the case. You know, the, the truth of the matter is, is if you do your research right, you're then starting with a slate that is most likely for success. But then you've got to really look at those you know, your analytics, you've got, if you have any kind of in-page analytics, if you have, if you're using video, you have video analytics. I mean, if you look at a video and see that, you know, 63% of the people are, are leaving in the first 30 seconds, well, you know, there's something right before then that's repelling them. So you got to start being smart, you know, being a detective. In fact, I think part of marketing or the biggest part of it is being a really good detective on what's working and what isn't. And it's very funny because I started this life out as a musician and said, I never, ever use math. And <sighs> I use every day. Okay. So I, I, I now made my high school math teacher happy. But uh, there you go. <laughs> I can resonate. Yeah, my gosh, I can resonate with you there. I mean, my previous incarnations, I used to run a photography company where I was surrounded by creative people all day. And now I'm just diving into data. It's like two two worlds that couldn't be further apart, to be honest. Yeah, but you know what? And, and, and the one thing I think that makes it creative for me is, is that there is a little bit of art, okay? Yeah along with the science of it, because you've got to have the right creative, you've got to have the right copy, you've got to write the right background. So it really is a bit of a, you know, I don't know what to say, I'm a savant on this, but you know, you, you just have to have a really good understanding of the aesthetics of it also, otherwise it doesn't work. So, um, you know, it's funny, I teach a lot of, uh, I have, you know, thousands of students and the ones that get that do well and the other ones just, you know, pound their head against the wall. Yeah, no, I couldn't understand that. So we've mentioned research. We've also mentioned a couple of other things such as, you know, ad copy and just really understanding the audience, the, the landing page. What are some of the other real leverage points, in your opinion, that can kind of leverage up campaigns the fastest? Well, again, it's getting the right message, you know, and getting that click. And, and also spending time really, really looking at audiences, um, you know, what are the people's interests? What are their income levels? Where are they located? I mean, why advertise, you know, cosmetic dentistry in, in a, uh, um, a neighborhood where most people are on welfare, you know, they, they can't afford it, you know, so you got to be kind of smart on that. But really, if you get the right, I mean, and it's a, it's a, it's your customer avatar. You look at your existing customers, you look at, uh, you know, who is your ideal customer? Somebody who, you know, has X amount of expendable income and lives this way and is, you know, married and has 2.3 kids, whatever that is. Sometimes it's something different, but you know who your ideal customer is and you go ahead and you craft your audience based on that. And then if you look at your research correctly, you'll also craft your your um, your creative based on that. Now you got to remember with Facebook, it's not like search, right? Search, you you know, somebody says I want a widget, and you say, Hey, I've got great widgets, right? Yeah. Um, with Facebook, it's a social platform. So if you've got great widgets, you might have to come up with, 
you know, a, a funny meme on widgets that gets them um, excited, right? Because you can look at your competitors and look at their posts and look at what gets engagement and what doesn't. If you've got somebody with a million followers and they post something kind of salesy and it's got one like and one share, you know that that's not getting engagement. And you look down and you say, oh my God, there's an inspirational quote and it's been shared, you know, 2000 times. Well, then now, you know, you're in the right kind of area for engagement. And so you've got to figure out a way of taking that kind of a message and turning it into something that's going to take them to your website. And that's, I guess that, I guess that's the art of it, huh? Yeah, that's the creative part. It certainly yep. certainly is. I mean, you can uh, you can take the science of looking at you know headlines that have been successful for others, but if you don't adapt it to your own audience and be a little bit creative around it, then uh, I don't think you can expect too great a result. Agree. So um, you mentioned about targeting, and I know you work directly with a lot of small businesses. Are you ever faced with the challenge of business owners saying, "Well, hey, that's great, Laura. Let's go after our perfect target." you know, market that ideal customer avatar, but hey ho, our product can be bought for everyone. Let's just send the message out there to a wide audience. Do you ever come across that? It seems to be a running theme when I speak to business owners. You know, it's interesting. Usually I'm right when it comes down to it, but I can grant that a customer might be right. And usually what I'll do is say, okay, let's test it. And I'll test it. I'll take a small budget and I'll test it. Now, it's really interesting with the new targeting options that Facebook has. There's some guys that are doing very well with this. I haven't actually um, had the chutzpah to do this myself, but using conversion pixels to go to a wide audience like that, uh, there's some guys that are really doing quite well. And basically just saying all of the United States, men and women, but the optimization point and that for anyone who doesn't understand is Facebook, because they have all this data on individuals, they know when somebody, if you put up a bit of code on your thank you page, that's the page that somebody goes to after they do the action you want to. So if they opt in, it's the thank you page after that, or if they buy something, thank you page after that, you can say to Facebook, Hey, I want to optimize for people who hit this thank you page and you let Facebook figure out the targeting that way and you can do a relatively large budget that way and you don't usually run out of it because what happens is, is that Facebook looks at everybody who hits that thank you page and finds things that they have in common with one another. And so they'll serve up that ad to more of those type of people. And it's really interesting because it's all artificial intelligence and it's nothing that we can basically understand how their algorithm works. All I can say is when I do optimize for that, even when I target, put the audiences there, you know, darn, I'm getting a lot more opt-ins than I used to because, you know, there's a whole thing with um, impressions, right? So let's say you have an ad and you're bidding for the click and you start getting really good opt-ins on it, but then you start to see this thing called frequency, right? So let's say your audience that you set up is a half a million people. And then it hits 10,000 people and you've gotten really good opt-ins, but it doesn't seem to go over that 10,000 people. And you just start seeing that the same ad gets shown over and over. And then, of course, your opt-ins go down because people get blind to it. But you had 490,000 other people who should have seen that ad and didn't. Um, when you go to the optimization like that, it starts to decrease the frequency and extend the reach, which is why when you go real general like that, it sometimes works, but you have to have enough budget 
and enough time to be able to make that kind of kick off. Does that make sense? It's so hard to so hard to explain, you know, on an audio without like showing you <laughs> PowerPoint. But 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 that's really the crux of what really will make it work incredibly well. Yeah, in fact, we covered this on a couple of episodes back with um, our mutual friend Kurt Marley, and we were talking yeah. about how those campaigns were were optimized based on intelligence, like you said, that we probably don't really know about. I mean, Facebook are making, you know, um, connections between those people that have landed on that thank you page that we probably don't even know about. I mean, it could be, you know, the color of shoes they like to put on in the morning. I mean, who knows what those connections are, but they're, but Facebook are optimizing around that and putting that ideal persona together for you. So I think, no, that Laura covers things very well. And we've hit on a a point here about the way Facebook are developing and perhaps a, a success of the platform has been that they always do innovate in terms of, um, you know, how their platform works and the audience options that are available to us. Where do you see Facebook advertising go next? What's sort of around the corner? Well, I think it's already starting and, you know, they went into, they were in a quantity phase where they were taking every advertiser and almost every ad with, you know, very little exception. Of course, they have certain rules and their terms of service are very, you know, are, are specific. But I see it going the same way Google AdWords went, which is where they had all the advertisers in the world and they, they were taking a lot of different business. And I'm seeing that accounts are getting shut down. Mm-hmm. And um, and you can you can get another account. It's not like it's, you know, it's you're banned for life like what happens with Google. But I think they're going from a quantity phase to a quality phase. And so advertising that isn't social or is too salesy or that makes claims that, you know, can't be backed up by science um, are just getting, you know, disabled, shut down and otherwise. And they're doing it from the viewpoint of they want users, people in the newsfeed to see things they want. So if you have an ad that's a little annoying and it gets a lot of complaints, it'll get shut down. Um, and if you get enough of those, they're going to shut the whole account down. So your landing page, they don't, you know, they still allow squeeze pages. They don't like exit pops, you know? Um, so you're going to have to be, go look at what's going on and make those adjustments based on that, it's still relatively affordable in comparison to something like Google AdWords. But I think the future is really going to be more about quality than it is about how much money you have. Yeah. And I think this is a natural maturity of a platform, which we've seen Google AdWords go through, right? I mean, you know, they they at one point got very strict upon, you know, advertising regulations and shut down all of those affiliates that were, you know, sending people to um, affiliate pages, one page landers. And I guess the same thing's happened with Facebook. They just want to mature it, get a better quality of advertising, which will result in a better user experience and keep people on the platform. That's correct. But there is, you know, I mean, just like Google, you know, even despite their do no evil um, moniker, um, (laughs) (laughs) it still it still means that there's some small businesses who inadvertently, you know, kind of pork themselves on the whole thing. So, you know, and then organic engagement, you know, we already know organic engagement is going down and it'll continue to go down. And everybody goes, well, why, why am I not, you know, why are my posts not being seen? And I was like, you know, you're using Facebook for business. You know, the fact that they gave it to you for free for a while doesn't mean that they are, they have to give it to you for free forever, you know? 
And, and it's kind of funny because, you know, I call it the crack dealer handling, which is, you know, the first hits for free. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, and then they're like, okay, now pay me. And, you know, they, they have a right to ask to be paid. If you're, if you're making money off a platform, you know, they got a right to be paid for it. You know, uh, it's great if you can exploit it for a while and get some free traffic out of it. But, you know, the purpose of their business, just like the purpose of our business, is to make more money than they spend. And you got to respect that. Yeah. Well, Laura, you've been involved with plenty of campaigns. And I know you run campaigns for other kind of well-known marketers online. You've also handled a lot for your own clients. What's been some of the most successful campaigns you've been involved with and what made them so successful? Well, I think that if you already have someone who has a great personality or has some uh, um, some of their own celebrity juice and, and not, not necessarily a Grammy Award winning artist, although I've dealt with those, but somebody in their niche who's, you know, the rock star of the niche, it gets a lot more engagement. You know, this is personality-based marketing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those kind of campaigns do extremely well. Um, but I've also found that I've been doing some stuff with personal development also. And, you know, I, and, you know, it's very funny because I'm not really kind of a foo-foo you know, uh, don't get me wrong. I believe in positive thinking and, and whatnot, but I don't think because you think a positive thought, if you don't do something about it, you know, a million dollars is not going to end up in your front on your front doorstep. So sometimes I look at some of these kind of, you know, foo-foo thought, whatever, and I go, you know, there's nothing that's going to replace doing something effective. I'm really sorry, you know, but I found that with these guys, I, I had started just my regular hard-hitting type of campaign, and I was failing, and I was failing pretty badly. And when I switched and did some competitive research and switched it to more of a inspirational quote with an afterthought of, oh, by the way, if you'd like to, you know, find out this about yourself, click here. And that got not only uh, great engagement, but it got a lot of shares. And, you know, the lead cost was less than a dollar, which I haven't seen forever. So I was pretty happy. But, uh, you know, it surprises me sometimes what works and what doesn't, which is why I've stopped saying what I know is best, because I'll go, OK, let's test it and see what happens. I had a, I had a client that walked in and, and told me that their product was going to change the world and that kids were going to do better in school and marriages were going to stay together. And, and I thought, okay, great. I'm into this. And he shows me a piece of plastic that goes on the bottom of the bed sheet so that they don't bunch up at night. And I'm thinking <laughs> this guy is psycho. Okay. <laughs> this is psycho. And, and you know what we did? I was like, okay, well, let's just do some research because he had already paid. So I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with this? And it didn't end up being any kind of a campaign like this. But what we found out from the research was that there was two markets that it would actually work well with. And it wasn't promoted as changing the world. But guess what? It's being sold in hotels. And it actually saves a lot of time and money for hoteliers because um, they don't they don't have to they, they they spend less time making the beds in between. That was the one thing. And then I ended up, you know, parting friends after giving him his different markets and I saw it in um, Walmart. So, wow. you know, yeah. And I thought, I, I'm telling you, I thought this guy was ready for the rubber room between you and I. <laughs> 
Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, there's there's some lessons there. I mean, one is, you know, you, you're talking, at the, you know, at the start about, you know, thinking one thing would work and then it didn't based on your experience. And I think it's understanding that, you know, your own market and your own customer is not someone else's. And, you know, you've got to test in those scenarios to see what really, really works. And I guess the second one related to your bedsheet scenario is that you've got to, you know, understand that someone else's problem, again, may not be your own. Unless you dive deep and find out what that is, you're never going to have a successful campaign. And to a hotelier, I can imagine that changing bedsheets is probably a real pain in the ass, mind the pun. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No worries. No worries. I mean, I was thinking of copy. I was like, rogue betting a problem, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, I don't know how to spin this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Anyway minding puns you might have noticed that i um said genie or had a genie reference in my opening question and that was 100 percent intentional because i know you've just put out a course quite recently called traffic genesis with a couple of other very successful marketers do you want to tell us a little bit about that laura yeah i mean traffic genesis is uh, i mean not only teaches facebook ads and how to run them for yourself but it's also my partners on that, Mike Lassane and Andy Jenkins, are just really good marketers. So they show everything from, you know, how to actually, you know, create a really good map and and uh, funnel for your business. And, oh, my God, they did so much training. I can't even think of half of it. But, I mean, it's, you know, how to write your copy and how to design your pages and what you should have and what you shouldn't have. It was really set up quite nicely um, you know, I did my piece of it, but they did so much as far as the content goes, as far as, you know, really understanding how to build everything from start to finish, um, which is awesome. And then the other thing about it, which I love is, is that we have a Facebook group and, you know, every day I'm answering, you know, tens of questions. Sometimes it's a hundred questions on things that are happening because with the platforms, you know, the basics of marketing don't really change. You know, you're trying to create you know, uh, an understanding so that you can bring business in, but the technology changes very rapidly. So like in the last couple of weeks, Facebook has changed the interface. It doesn't change basically, you know, how you do your ads, but like, you know, where you opt where your pixels are, where you put your audiences that changed, you know, <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, wasn't it on this? <laughs> wait a minute. It was here yesterday. Not really. Now it's, you know, ta -da! you know, so there's uh so, yeah, so our community is great because we really get into on a daily basis what's what and what's changing. And, um, you know, I love it. You know, I, I, I actually prefer working with others that way more than, you know, doing all the heavy lifting for um, clients. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Well, that sounds like a great place to send people off to who might want to sort of dive a little bit deeper into all this stuff and perhaps get some help from, you know, experts such as yourself, uh, Laura. So should we include that as a place to send people off to? Where else should our audience connect with you on the Internet? Oh, well, I have a Facebook page and that's uh, facebook.com forward slash Laura Betterly Live. And then, of course, there's my personal blog, laurabetterly.com which I think you combed the other day. I don't know if you know, but I just updated it on Friday. So if you saw it before then, it's it's much prettier. <laughs> uh, well, we'll make sure that that now prettier link is included in the show notes. So to you, the listener, head on over to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 54, where you'll find the links to Laura's Facebook page, her personal blog, and also to Traffic Genesis, plus any of the other resources mentioned by Laura in today's show. So all that remains, Laura, is to thank you for coming on. Um, you promised it to me that 
said it would be a, a blast and we'd have some fun and uh, that's totally been the case so uh, thanks for coming on today oh thanks for having me So there you go. That was Laura Betterly. And as mentioned at the end of the interview, you can get a link to Laura's sites by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 54, where you can also download an MP3 full transcript of today's show, plus my own notes from this interview distilled into a mind map for you to refer to when you're next building a Facebook campaign. So head on over there now. The link is trafficjamcast.com forward slash 54 that's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number 54 where you can also comment ask questions and join in on the discussion for this episode now if you've not done so already you should subscribe via itunes or stitcher radio so you're the first to get traffic jam episodes as soon as they are released the links to do that are trafficjamcast.com forward slash itunes and that of course is for itunes and trafficjamcast.com forward slash stitcher for stitcher radio Now, we end the show this week as we do every week with the Traffic Jam. It's a track chosen, of course, by our guest today, Laura Betterly, and she's gone for, very appropriately, Happy by Pharrell Williams. So enjoy this song, and I'll see you back here for another episode real soon.
Future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.